0: Section 19 of My Life in Christ by St. John of Kronstadt Translated by E. E. Kulioff This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Trust in prayer consists in uttering the petitions, thanksgivings, and praise with faith in the presence of God and of His hearing them and with the fear of god not doubting nor being in the least uneasy as to their acceptance and fulfilment but in absolute assurance that god has heard them and accepted them upon his heavenly and mental altar and that in accordance with the desire of our mother the church if we pray in the name of the church as well as of our own heart he will give us as the all good almighty and most wise all that we ask, and more abundantly than we ask or mean. But the heart that has a partiality for food and drink, that is greedy for these and is weakened by them, has not such trust, neither the heart in which hatred and animosity are concealed, nor that is bound by avarice, covetousness, and envy, until it puts away its infirmities and amends itself, In signing ourselves with the sign of the cross, with the three fingers we laid the upper end of the cross upon the forehead, as an emblem of God the Father, who is the uncreated wisdom, the lower end of the cross upon the bosom, as an emblem of the Son who was begotten of the Father before all worlds, and which is in the bosom of the Father and the transverse part upon the shoulders, as an emblem of the Holy Ghost, which is the arm or the power of God, or the band of the Lord, as has been said, to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed, or the hand of the Lord was there upon me, that is, the Holy Ghost. There is, besides, an image of the Holy Trinity in man himself, THE THINKING MIND IS THE IMAGE OF GOD THE FATHER. THE HEART, IN WHICH WISDOM DWELLS AND EXPRESSES ITSELF, IS THE IMAGE OF GOD THE SON, THE PERSONAL WISDOM OF GOD. THE LIPS, THROUGH WHICH THAT WHICH IS IN THE THOUGHTS AND IN THE HEART PROCEEDS, ARE THE IMAGE OF THE HOLY GHOST. HE BREATHED ON THEM, AND SAID UNTO THEM, RECEIVE YE THE HOLY GHOST. When out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, blasphemies, then it is the evil spirit nestling in man's heart which comes forth. But when a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good, then that is the image of the Holy Ghost, proceeding from the Father through the Son. How great, therefore, is man! It has not been said in vain, I have said, Ye are gods, and ye are all children of the Most Highest. If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, that is, if it has been said, then it must be true, immutable. Say ye of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest because i said i am the son of god o the dignity o the greatness of man do not look upon any man especially upon a christian otherwise than as upon the son of god and receive him as the son of god converse with him behave with him as with the son of god by the grace of our lord jesus christ A certain person who was sick unto death from inflammation of the bowels for nine days, without having obtained the slightest relief from medical aid, as soon as he had communicated of the Holy Sacrament, upon the morning of the ninth day, regained his health, and rose from his bed of sickness in the evening of the same day. He received the Holy Communion with firm faith. I prayed to the Lord to cure him. Lord, said I, heal thy servant of his sickness. He is worthy, therefore grant him this. He loves thy priests, and sends them his gifts. I also prayed for him in church before the altar of the Lord, at the liturgy, during the prayer. Thou who hast given us grace at this time, with one accord to make our common supplication unto thee, and before the Most Holy Mysteries themselves, I prayed in the following words. Lord, our life, it is as easy for Thee to cure every malady as it is for me to think of healing. It is as easy for Thee to raise every man from the dead as it is for me to think of the possibility of the resurrection from the dead. Cure, then, thy servant Basil of his cruel malady, and do not let him die. Do not let his wife and children be given up to weeping. And the Lord graciously heard, and had mercy upon him, although he was within a hair's breadth of death. Glory to thine omnipotence, and mercy, that thou, Lord, hast vouchsafed to hear me. The heart can change several times in one moment, to good or evil, to faith or unbelief, to simplicity or cunning, to love or hatred, to benevolence or envy, to generosity or avarice, to chastity or fornication. Oh, what inconstancy! Oh, how many dangers! Oh, how sober and watchful we must be! Do not rejoice when your countenance is bright from pleasant food and drink, because then the inward face of your soul is hideous and deadly, and at that time the words of the Saviour Christ are applicable to you. For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but are within full of dead men's bones, that is, of hypocrisy and iniquity. How many times already, O master, Lord Jesus, hast thou renewed my nature, heedlessly corrupted by my sins? There is no measure in number to this. How many times hast thou saved me from the furnace burning within me? From the furnace of many and diverse passions, from the abyss of despondency and despair How many times hast thou renewed my depraved heart, when only I have called upon thy name with faith? How many times hast thou accomplished this through the life-giving holy sacrament? O Lord, in truth there is no number and measure of thy mercies unto me, a sinner. What shall I offer to thee, or what can I render unto thee, for thine innumerable benefits to me, Jesus, my life, and my lightness. May I be prudent in my ways, according to thy grace, for blessed are those that are undefiled in the way, as thou hast said, through the Holy Ghost, by the mouth of our forefather David. I will endeavor to be faithful unto thee, to be humble, meek, not irritable, gentle, forbearing, industrious, merciful, generous, not covetous, obedient. Alms giving is good and salutary, when to it is united the amendment of the heart from pride, malice, envy, slothfulness, indolence, gluttony, fornication, falsehood, deceitfulness, and other sins. But if the man is not careful to amend his heart, trusting only to his alms, then he will obtain but little benefit from them. FOR HE BUILDS WITH ONE HAND, AND DESTROYS WITH THE OTHER. THE CHILDREN, PAUL AND OLGA, BY THE INFINITE MERCY OF THE LORD, IN ACCORDANCE WITH MINE UNWORTHY PRAYER, HAVE BEEN CURED OF THE SPIRIT OF INFIRMITY BY WHICH THEY WERE ATTACKED. IN THE CASE OF THE CHILD PAUL, HIS MALADY PASSED AWAY THROUGH SLEEP and the child Olga became quiet in spirit, and her little face grew bright instead of dark and troubled. Nine times I went to pray with bold trust, hoping my trust might not be shamed, that to him that knocketh it would be opened, that even on account of my importunity God would fulfill my request. THAT IF THE UNJUST JUDGE AT LAST SATISFIED THE woman WHO TROUBLED HIM, THEN STILL MORE THE JUDGE OF ALL, THE MOST RIGHTEOUS JUDGE, WOULD SATISFY MY SINFUL PRAYER FOR THE INNOCENT CHILDREN, THAT HE WOULD CONSIDER MY LABOR, MY INTERCESSION, MY PRAYERFUL WORDS, MY KNEELING, MY BOLDNESS, MY TRUST IN HIM, AND THE LORD DID SO. HE DID NOT COVER ME, A SINNER, WITH SHAME i came for the tenth time to their home and the children were well i gave thanks unto the lord into our most speedy mediatrix that they all may be one as thou father art in me and i in thee that they also may be one in us what separates us from god and each other money food and drink this dust this dross this corruption why because we have not living christian trust and faith in god we do not know or we forget that man's true life is love for god and his neighbour Setting our life upon dust and trusting in it, we do not render to the Heavenly Father the glory that is due to Him, by putting our whole trust in Him, by casting all our care upon Him, as His faithful children in Christ should do. If then I be a father, where is mine honour? Where is your trust in me? Where is your love for me? Where is your detachment? FROM EARTHLY CORRUPT THINGS, AND YOUR HEARTY DESIRE FOR THE HEAVENLY, SPIRITUAL, AND ETERNAL ONES. WHILE I LIVE, THEN THE FLESH IS MINE OWN, BECAUSE MY SPIRIT LIVES IN IT. BUT WHEN I DIE, THE FLESH IS NO LONGER MINE, BUT BELONGS TO GOD AND TO THE EARTH. THE EARTH IS THE LORD'S, AND ALL THAT THEREIN IS. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood. These words also signify that I myself wholly dwell in these two forms of the communion, in the flesh and blood, that they are mine by their close association with me, as the flesh and blood of the man, with the soul of the man dwelling in them for the soul penetrates all the body and all the blood. How many times death entered into my heart, communicating its beginning to the body also an innumerable number of times! And yet the Lord delivered me from this state of death, was merciful to me with unspeakable mercy, and gave me new life! Oh, how full of gratitude to the Lord my heart should be! If the Lord had not helped me, it had not failed, but my soul had been put to silence. Our flesh becomes depressed and downcast when it is subjected to any infirmities, whilst when it is in good health and enjoys carnal pleasures, then it rejoices, leaps and gets beyond itself, we must pay no attention to the delusive feelings of the flesh, and, in general, must disdain every carnal amusement and delight. We must bear with equanimity the afflictions and maladies of the flesh, take courage, and set our trust upon God. Why is impatience in some small unimportant matter, one single movement of the heart towards impatience, already a sin, and is immediately inwardly punished. Likewise, why is every momentary movement of the heart towards sin considered as a sin, and immediately punished? Because impatience in a small matter is an earnest of impatience in great and important matters. For the soul of man is incomplex, and one single inclination of the heart towards sin is already a sin and therefore as every small unimportant sin leads to great ones it is always punished at its very beginning and must be crushed thou hast been faithful over a few things i will make thee rule over many things enter thou into the joy of thy lord and how great are these many things i hath not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. When praying, endeavor by every means to feel in your heart the truth and the power of the words of the prayer. Feed yourself upon them as upon an imperishable food. Water your heart with them as with a dew, and warm yourself by them as by means of a beneficial fire. THE LORD IS EVERYTHING TO ME. HE IS THE STRENGTH OF MY HEART, AND THE LIGHT OF MY INTELLECT. HE INCLINES MY HEART TO EVERY GOOD. HE STRENGTHENS IT. HE ALSO GIVES ME GOOD THOUGHTS. HE IS MY REST AND MY JOY. HE IS MY FAITH, HOPE, AND LOVE. HE IS MY FOOD AND DRINK, MY RAIMENT, MY DWELLING PLACE. AS A MOTHER IS EVERYTHING TO HER INFANT, its mind, will, sight, hearing, taste, smelling, and feeling, as well as its food and drink, its clothing, hands, and feet. So likewise, the Lord is everything to me, when I yield myself wholly unto Him. But, alas, when I fall away from the Lord, then the devil enters into me. And if I did not turn my heart's gaze towards the Lord, Did I not, amidst the enemy's oppression, call upon the Lord for help, then the devil would have been, as he sometimes is, very evil to me. Malice, despondency, perfect feebleness towards everything good, despair, hatred, envy, avarice, blasphemous, wicked, and impure thoughts, contempt for everything, in short, He would have been, and sometimes is, my intellect, my will, sight, hearing, taste, smell, feeling, my hands and feet. Therefore, put your trust in the Lord. He is that which is. Infinite in holiness, omnipotence, grace, mercy, bountifulness, and wisdom. When your flesh suffers through maladies, remember that it is the greatest enemy of your salvation that suffers, that is weakened by these sufferings, and bear them bravely in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who for our sakes endured the cross and suffered death. Also remember that all our maladies are God's punishment for sins. They cleanse us, they reconcile us with God, and lead us back to His love. Grant us thy peace, it is said, and thy love, as thou hast granted us all things. Remember that during your illness the Lord himself is with you. I am with him in trouble. That it has proceeded from a sign of the Master, punishing us as a father. You who believe in the time of your welfare, see that you do not fall away from God in the time of misfortune but like the martyrs, be constant in faith, hope, and love. God is an incomplex most perfect being, that is, the purest holiness, the purest good and truth, and in order to be in union with God, in order to be one Spirit with Him, for we are from Him, we must acquire, through His grace, the most perfect simplicity of goodness, holiness and love. All the saints who are in heaven were cleansed by the blood of the Son of God, through the Holy Ghost, and have not a shadow of sin in them. It was for this that they struggled in this life, that they mortified their flesh in order to cleanse themselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, in order to become eternally united with that most glorious being. It is for this reason also that the Holy Church, with all her institutions, now exists upon earth. The hierarchy, the divine services, the sacraments, the rites, fast were likewise appointed in order to cleanse and sanctify the children of God in order to unite them with that most blessed being, glorified in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You ask the Lord that you may love Him with a love strong as death, or until death. Suppose now that the Lord sends you a terrible inward disease that may bring you nigh into death itself. Do not then murmur against the Lord, but bear it bravely, thanking the Lord for his fatherly visitation, and this will show that what you call your love for God is strong as death. Enduring the most violent fits or spasms of your illness, trust in God, that He has the power to save you, not only from suffering, but even from death itself, should it please Him to do so. Do not spare, do not cherish your perishable body, but give it up willingly and wholly to the Lord, as Abraham gave his son Isaac as an holocaust to the will of the Lord who punishes you, not losing faith in God's goodness, not growing despondent, not foolishly accusing God of injustice for so severely chastising you. AND YOU WILL THUS OFFER A GREAT SACRIFICE UNTO GOD, LIKE ABRAHAM, OR LIKE THE MARTYRS. LET THAT WHICH TRANQUILIZES MY THOUGHTS AND MY HEART BE COMMITTED TO WRITING AS A MEMORIAL TO ME OF THE CONSTANT PEACE OF MY HEART AMIDST THE CARES AND VANITIES OF LIFE. WHAT IS IT? IT IS THE CHRISTIAN SAYING, FULL OF LIVING TRUST AND WONDERFUL SOOTHING POWER. THE LORD IS EVERYTHING TO ME. THIS IS THE PRICELESS TREASURE. THIS IS THE PRECIOUS jewel. POSSESSING WHICH WE CAN BE CALM IN EVERY CONDITION, RICH IN POVERTY, GENEROUS AND KIND TO OTHER PEOPLE IN THE TIME OF OUR WEALTH, AND NOT LOSING HOPE EVEN AFTER HAVING SINNED. THE LORD IS EVERYTHING TO ME. HE IS MY FAITH, MY TRUST, MY LOVE. My strength, my power, my peace, my joy, my riches, my food, my drink, my raiment, my life, in a word, mine all. Thus, man, the Lord is everything to you, and you must be everything to the Lord. And as all your treasure is contained in your heart and in your will, and God requires from you your heart, having said, My son, give me thine heart. Therefore, in order to fulfill God's gracious and perfect will, renounce your own corrupt, passionate, seductive will. Do not know your own will, know only God's will. Not my will, but thy will be done. There is absolutely nothing for a Christian to be proud of in accomplishing works of righteousness, for he is saved, and is being constantly saved, from every evil through faith alone, in the same manner as he accomplishes works of righteousness also by the same faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that faith itself, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, so that no one can be proud of anything." It is only when we pray fervently, only then, that we feel calm, warm, at ease, and bright in soul, because then we are with God and in God. But as soon as we cease thus praying, then temptations and various troubles begin. O most blessed time of prayer! love for god begins to manifest itself and act in us when we begin to love our neighbour as ourselves and not to spare either ourselves or anything belonging to us for him as the image of god when we endeavour to serve him for his salvation in everything that we can when for the sake of pleasing god we refuse to gratify our appetites our carnal vision our carnal wisdom, which is not subjected to the wisdom of God. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, whom he hath not seen? They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Ask the Lord for whatever you desire. God the Father has but to desire to accomplish your request the Son, the Creator, and the Holy Ghost, the Accomplisher, being always with Him and in Him, as He Himself is in them, are always ready to accomplish the desire of the Almighty and All-Good Father, for they themselves are one with Him in goodness and omnipotence. You ought not to keep God's gifts to yourself, but should diffuse them upon others, Nature herself is an example to you. The sun does not keep the light to itself, but diffuses it upon the earth and moon. Pastors especially ought not to keep their, or rather God's, light to themselves, but should abundantly diffuse the light of their intelligence and knowledge upon others. With what are our hearts occupied? God who tryeth the very hearts and reins, sees what each one of us has in his heart, to what it is attached during the greater part of life. And if the Lord had given us the capability of seeing all the depths of the human heart, then our eyes would have turned away with horror from the mass of impurities within—adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies, pride, and others. What abomination we should have beheld, the abomination of ingratitude to God, of forgetfulness of God, of unbelief, of little faith, of manifold attachments to earthly things, often the most absurd ones, of carelessness for heavenly things, of our own lot after death, of inattention and neglect of the Church, of her services, rights, and institutions, of contempt for the clergy, the representatives of religion and the church, and every other abomination. It is impossible to represent or to think of the cross without love. Where the cross is, there is love. In the church you see crosses everywhere and upon everything, in order that everything should remind you that you are in the temple of the God of love. IN THE TEMPLE OF LOVE ITSELF, CRUCIFIED FOR US. PEOPLE SAY THAT IF YOU FEEL NO INCLINATION TO PRAY, IT IS BETTER NOT TO PRAY. BUT THIS IS CRAFTY CARNAL SOPHISTRY. IF YOU ONLY PRAY WHEN YOU ARE INCLINED TO, YOU WILL COMPLETELY CEASE PRAYING. THIS IS WHAT THE FLESH DESIRES. THE KINGDOM OF HEAVEN SUFFERETH VIOLENCE you will not be able to work out your salvation without forcing yourself. In educating, it is extremely dangerous to only develop the understanding and intellect, and not pay attention to the heart. We must, above all, pay attention to the heart, for the heart is life, but life corrupted by sin. It is necessary to purify this source of life, to kindle in it the pure flame of life, so that it should burn and not be extinguished, and should direct all the thoughts, desires, and tendencies of the man through all his life. Society is corrupted precisely through the want of Christian education. It is time that Christians should understand the Lord, should understand what He requires of us, namely, a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Listen to his sweetest voice in the gospel. The true life of our heart is Christ. Christ liveth in me. Let all of you learn wisdom of the Apostle. This should be our common problem, to bring Christ to dwell in our hearts through faith. These hands that like to take gifts shall be folded upon the breast, and shall take no more. These feet, that like to walk for evil, and that do not like to stand in prayer, shall be stretched out for ever, and shall not go anywhere more. These eyes, that look enviously upon the prosperity of their neighbor, shall close, their fire shall be dimmed for ever, and nothing shall charm them again. The Hearing so often open to listen with pleasure to evil speaking and calumny, shall be deadened, and no thunders even will be audible to it. It shall only hear the trumpet raising the dead, when our incorruptible body shall rise, either unto the resurrection of life, or unto the resurrection of damnation. What then will live in us, even after our death, And what should be the object of all our care during our present life? That which we now call the heart, that is, the inward man, our soul, it should be the object of our solicitude. Cleanse your heart during all your life, so that it, or your soul, may be capable of seeing God afterwards. ONLY CARE FOR YOUR BODY AND ITS REQUIREMENTS AS MUCH AS IS NECESSARY FOR MAINTAINING ITS HEALTH, POWER, AND DECENCY. IT WILL ALL DIE. THE EARTH WILL BEAR IT ALL AWAY. STRIVE, THEREFORE, TO PERFECT WITHIN YOU THAT WHICH LOVES AND HATES, THAT WHICH IS CALM OR DISTURBED, WHICH REJOICES OR GRIEVES, THAT IS, YOUR HEART OR YOUR INWARD MAN, which things and reasons through your intellect. Men throughout all their earthly life see everything but Christ, the life-giver. This is why they have no spiritual life. This is why they are given to every passion, unbelief, want of faith, covetousness, envy, hatred, ambition, the pleasures of eating and drinking— it is only at the close of their life that they see christ through the holy communion and even this out of crying necessity and as a custom usual amongst others o christ our god our life and resurrection how low have we fallen in our vanity how blind have we become but how would it have been with us had we always sought thee had we always had thee in our hearts THE TONGUE CANNOT EXPRESS THE BLISS WHICH THOSE EXPERIENCE WHO HAVE THEE IN THEIR HEARTS. UNTO THEM THOU ART STRENGTHENING FOOD, INEXHAUSTIBLE DRINK, SHINING RAIMENT, THE SUN, THE PEACE WHICH passeth ALL UNDERSTANDING, UNUTTERABLE JOY, AND EVERYTHING. POSSESSING THEE, ALL EARTHLY THINGS BECOME DUST AND CORRUPTION. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. It is to the Spirit of the Lord in creatures that their animation belongs, since the time of their creation, and to the Son of God their creation, the bringing of them into existence from non-existence. This is also how the body and blood of Christ are transubstantiated by the Holy Ghost from the bread and wine, in the same manner as a body was created by the Holy Ghost in the womb of the most pure virgin from her blood. The Holy Ghost creates us in the womb of our mother. It is to the Spirit of God that we owe our spiritual blessings. THE KINGDOM OF LIFE AND THE KINGDOM OF DEATH GO SIDE BY SIDE. I SAY GO, BECAUSE THEY ARE SPIRITUAL. THE CHIEF OF THE FIRST, THAT IS, OF THE KINGDOM OF LIFE, IS JESUS CHRIST, AND THOSE WHO ARE WITH CHRIST ARE UNDOUBTEDLY IN THE KINGDOM OF LIFE. THE CHIEF OF THE SECOND, THAT IS, OF THE KINGDOM OF DEATH, IS THE PRINCE OF THE POWERS OF THE AIR, THE DEVIL with the spirits of evil subject to him of which there are so many that their number far exceeds the number of all men dwelling upon earth these children of death the subjects of the prince of the air are in constant stubborn warfare with the children of life that is with faithful christians and strive by every crafty means to win them over to their side through the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, because sin and crime are their elements, and through sins, if we do not repent of them, we pass over to their side. Whilst those to whom sins form as though an everyday requirement, who drink in iniquity like water, are not disturbed by the spirits of evil, because they already belong to them as long as they live carelessly in regard to their souls but as soon as they turn to god acknowledging their sins both voluntary and involuntary the war bursts forth and the hordes of satan rise up and carry on an unceasing fight you see by this how necessary it is to see christ as the chief of the kingdom of life and the conqueror of hell and death every affliction and oppression rises either from want of faith or from some passion concealing itself within the man or from some other impurity visible to the almighty and shows that the devil is in the heart and that christ is not in the heart christ is the peace the freedom and the ineffable light of the soul the air the blowing of the wind THE BREATHING OF CREATURES IN THE MATERIAL WORLD CORRESPONDED THE SPIRITS IN THE SPIRITUAL WORLD AND TO THE UNCREATED, ALL-LIFE-GIVING SPIRIT OF GOD ITSELF. THIS IS WHY THE SPIRIT MANIFESTED ITSELF AS A RUSHING MIGHTY WIND. THIS IS WHY ALSO THE SAVIOR COMPARES THE BREATHING OF THE SPIRIT AND THE SOULS OF THOSE WHO ARE BORN OF THE SPIRIT TO THE BLOWING OF WIND. IN THE MATERIAL WORLD THERE ARE MANY THINGS THAT CORRESPOND TO THOSE OF THE SPIRITUAL WORLD, BECAUSE THE MATERIAL WORLD IS ALSO THE CREATION OF THE SPIRIT, AND CANNOT THE CREATING SPIRIT, IN PART, SHOW HIS IMAGE AND HIS AFFINITY IN THE CREATURES CREATED BY HIM? MAN IS ONLY THE HIGHEST POSSIBLE IMAGE OF GOD AMONGST CREATURES, PARTAKERS OF MATTER AND PURELY MATERIAL. Kissing with the lips corresponds to kissing with the soul, and when we kiss holy things, we ought to kiss them with the soul and heart as well as the lips. The Lord rules wonderfully and mightily over material worlds by means of His wisdom, by means of His Word. As the particles of the body of an animal, of a tree, of grass, of stone, are held together by cohesion. So all the worlds are held together by the powers and laws laid in them. As the soul carries the body and gives life to it, so also God carries the world, giving life to it through His Holy Spirit. It is not without reason that a man is called a little world." What an insignificant cobweb the world must be to God! What an insignificant cobweb is my body! And yet all is wisdom in every point of matter, and all stands only by wisdom, by the eternal laws of wisdom. O wisdom, wisdom! We all owe our being to Thee, to Thy merciful author. My death, my decomposition or destruction, clearly proves what an insignificant cobweb Thou hast in me. Glory to Thee, life-giving Father, life-giving Son, and life-giving Holy Ghost, in complex being, God, ever saving us from the spiritual death caused to our soul by passions. Glory to Thee, Lord, in three Persons, who enlightenest the dark face of our soul and body, and bestowest upon us thy peace, which exceeds every earthly and physical good, and surpasses all understanding. Pray without ceasing, calling upon the name of the life-giving Trinity, in order that your soul should not be suddenly overwhelmed by any passion, pride, or envy, or malice and hatred, or avarice, or covetousness, or gluttony, or anger and irritability, or harsh judgment, or scorn, or falsehood and calumny, or any such passion. For we walk among snares every hour, every minute of our life. Let the eyes of your heart be on guard every hour, every minute. Let your heart be watchful, not only during the day, but also during the night, in accordance with the Scripture I sleep, but my heart waketh. End of section 19.